There's an old story told about an armed robber who jumped a priest in France on a dark back street in Paris, and he demanded his wallet. As the priest opened his coat to reach for his wallet, the thief noticed his clerical collar, and he immediately apologized. And he said, never mind, Father. I I didn't realize you were a priest. I'll I'll be on my way. The priest was relieved, of course, and good-naturedly, he offered the man a cigar. He said, no, thank you, Father. I gave up smoking for Lent. (laughs) He gave up smoking for Lent, but not robbing people. Jesus loves all the people in the world. That means every single person who lives and who has ever lived and who will live in the future. That's a central part of our faith. Do you believe that? We believe that, don't we? But that doesn't mean that he liked everybody. I had this conversation with somebody not too awfully long ago who I don't particularly like, but I love her because I'm commanded to do so. For example, it's obvious that Jesus did not like this group of people he called hypocrites. He never ever called anyone a sinner. He looked past the sin. He looked to the person that was caught in the wrongdoing. Still, it is obvious that Jesus had no sympathy for hypocrites, people who say one thing and do exactly the other. Now, we have to be careful here because none of us totally live up to our faith. That's why the idea of grace and forgiveness are so important in our faith. Still, most of us are aware of our shortcomings, and we do regret them. The hypocrite that irked Jesus was the person who pretended to be more righteous than he or she really was. These were people who loved to be recognized in their community for their holiness and their charity and their goodness to all. But they only gave when, if they lived in our day and age, they would only give if a television reporter or a newspaper reporter was around so that their name could be read out on the airways or be printed in the newspaper. They gave more to, they would be people today who would give more to the college than they give to their church because the college would give them good seats at the, at the football games or name a building after them. And when they pray, they would do it loudly so that everyone in the restaurant would know that they were saying grace. I knew a pastor, and he was a dear man, wonderful man, loved God, and was a, just, just a beautiful person. But his name was Henry, And if you ever went to a restaurant with Pastor Henry, expect to get some attention. Because when it came time to say grace, Pastor Henry would stand up, and he had this built-in microphone. And he would start with, Almighty, precious, loving God, and would go from there. And it would be loud. And everyone in the place would say grace with Pastor Henry because they didn't really have a choice. Now, he meant well, and I don't mean that he was a hypocrite, but at times it was a little bit uncomfortable. 
But that's what those people in that day that, that irked Jesus did. They made noise about their holiness and about how religious they were. And, he, and they wanted to be recognized in the community for, their, for the fact that they were religious and they were special. And man, did they love Ash Wednesday. They could leave church with ashes on their forehead. They could wear their ashes all day. They could make it to the restaurant before it closed so that people could see that they were God's chosen ones. Now notice that Jesus never said that these people were bad people. They were good people. He did not say that they were going to hell because they were hypocrites. All he said was that they already had their reward. You can read into that whatever you will. Listen closely to what Jesus said. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward in heaven. When you give to the needy, don't announce it. Don't make a big deal out of it. If you do, you get praise from people, you've received your reward. And when you pray, you don't have to pray loud like Pastor Henry did. You could say a whisper prayer. You could say a silent prayer. That's okay. Many people look at me strangely because I'm a pastor and I don't do a lot of public grace. I think it goes back to those days with Pastor Henry. And I don't like to draw attention to myself like that, in that way. And that's why I don't do it very often. Not that there's anything wrong with doing it. Well, it's obvious that Jesus had little regard for people who made a show of their religion. Instead, his kingdom would be built through people who were real in their faith. They were just real people themselves. There's a wonderful true story that Reverend Timothy Kennedy told that's perfect for Ash Wednesday, I think. It was told to him by a colleague, another pastor named Chris McClowski, and it was about a baptism that Pastor, pastor Chris once performed on an infant named Eric. Well, he took Eric in his arms and he traced the cross of Christ on Eric's forehead with a special anointing oil. Following the worship service, it was in the summertime, and so Eric's family celebrated with a big backyard party. And everyone was outside, family, friends, ate burgers and chips, grilled out, did all that, all, all that fun stuff, and had a wonderful time, played volleyball and all the things that you do. Eric was only six months old, so he most, spent most of his time out there laying, sitting in his stroller or laying in his, uh, on a blanket in the, in the uh, grass with his mom. Well, when mom got him up, she was in for a big surprise. Basted on his forehead was the image of a cross. Mom had forgotten to wash his face after the baptism, and the oil that the pastor had traced on his forehead had acted exactly the opposite from what sunscreen would, and so the little guy was sunburned with a cross of Christ on his forehead. For a few weeks, it was there until it completely disappeared, Reverend Kennedy says, 
But he says that cross was a wonderful reminder of the meaning of baptism and a reminder that the cross of Jesus was written upon Eric's forehead. Eric's cross became a powerful symbol for the influence that the cross would have in his life. And what a witness it was, Reverend Kennedy says. Eric's mom and dad had to explain that cross to the pediatrician, to the neighbors, to the stranger in the grocery store, and everywhere they went for those first few weeks. It was only a bit of a sunburn, to be sure, but it was the best basting a child can have to be marked with the cross of Christ. What a great story for Ash Wednesday. It reminds me of a story of a two-year-old who had gone with her family to her church's Ash Wednesday service. She was very upset that her mom didn't take her up to the altar with the rest of the family. And she was overheard saying afterwards, but I want to get a tattoo like daddy's. (laughs) The mark that we will make on our forehead this evening is not exactly a tattoo like we might wear on our body. It's more like a symbol of a tattoo that should be on our heart. C.S. Lewis once said that there are two central truths about human nature. First, that human beings all over the earth have this curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way and cannot finally get rid of it, really get rid of it. Secondly, they never behave that way. They know the law of nature, but they break it. These two facts, he says, are the foundation of all clear thinking about ourselves and the universe that we live in. So at our baptism, we have water applied to our body and a tattoo applied to our heart as a sign that our loving God accepts us just as we are. As we prepare to receive the ashes this evening, I pray that we always remember that tattoo has been placed upon our heart and that God loves each one of us so very, very much. Amen.